Micro Publishing. And they do it with streaming, too. Atlantic Records already got caught. I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying uh, But Atlantic Records, they be boosting their streams. Uh, wow, maybe I shouldn't be saying this. Well, it's too late. Um, yeah, they be boosting their streams because they pay people to micro-publish, which basically means, you know, let's say, here's 100K, and you go put this song on 300 playlists that all have only, like, 20K followers each. So... You know how many streams are you getting from each playlist? Not that much, but when you add it up over the over the whole scope of three hundred different playlists or whatever, it's all bull. You know, it's so they do the same thing with followers, where you know they all band up together and they, you know, these people are paying social media agencies twenty thousand, thirty thousand a month to um, to to comment, to like. What up, what up, what up, what up? It feels so good to be back. What up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Mind of Manson podcast. Season 2, baby. Damn, that deserves a Ric Flair woo. Hold on one second. Season 2, we back up in this bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking with me through Season 1, 35 episodes from February 2019 to, what was it, October 2019? How many months is that? February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, 8 fucking months we've been spending every Monday together. I needed a break from you guys, just like you guys probably needed a break from me. Nah, I'm kidding. So what's happening, yo? How you guys been? You guys been good? Me? I've been good. I've just been chilling, y'all. Just chilling, kicking back, you know, creating content, recording with special guests. This podcast is going to get weirder. It's going to get darker. It's going to get creepier. It's going to get more serious. It's going to get more funny. I'm going to have some friends come along and have some conversations. Yeah. What's happening? We back. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, yeah, man. Just real, 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 really, 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 really excited. Happy to be back. I did miss you guys. Did you guys miss me? Did you guys miss me, fuckers? Anyway, I'm just happy to be back recording, you know what I'm saying, like, I think I took about a month off, took a month off, went through some shit, got a little depressed, picked myself back up out of the hole, and once again, I'm happy and healthy. I want to give a quick shout out to everybody that, uh, like I said, I went through a little depression spell here in the past couple weeks, and, uh, shout out to everybody who, uh, you know, checked on your boy and, and all that shit, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, the mind plays fucking tricks on you, the mind lets you get your hopes up on certain things, you know, it's, 
It's my fault. It's done. Just know I'm better. And I hope you are too. And I hope you're doing great. And I hope you're doing amazing. Hell yeah! One thing I learned on my break though is how much I miss talking to you guys. Yeah. All you guys. You know? That listen all over Colorado. All over America. And you know I got a shout out. I definitely, definitely, definitely have to shout out everybody overseas. What's up, y'all? Long time no talk, right? All my people in France, all my people in the UK, Germany. What's up? India, what's cracking? Australia, what's happening? You guys good? So I put out a little mini episode. Uh... Uh, a couple weeks back, I believe, yeah, a couple, just to give you guys an update, let you guys know I'm still alive, the, let you guys know why I took a break, I took a break because I wanted to, I'm an independent podcaster, I'm an independent musician, which means I do what I want, when I want, um, yeah, my, my manager still works for me, we had a long talk though, we had a heart to heart. And I let that son of a bitch know that the next time he interrupts me, I'm going to say something. He's fucking fired. He's fucking fired. You got it? I'm going to fire that son of a bitch on podcast if he interrupts me one more time. He says he only interrupts me because he don't want me to get in trouble and get like the podcast banned and all that. But what people have to realize is that this is still America, bitch. And we still have freedom of speech. And we still have the right to carry guns and fucking kill animals for meat. And I was just hearing, I was just fucking hearing that, uh, I was just hearing that fucking, um, they're trying to sue Burger King because of that impossible Whopper, because apparently it's not really vegan. You know what I mean? It's not really vegan, I guess, because... Well, apparently it is vegan. Or whatever, because it's... And I'm doing this in quotation marks. Okay? I'm doing this in quotation marks, folks. Alright? Plant-based. Plant-based burger. Okay. I worked at... I worked at, uh, I worked at Murder King before, and let me tell you something, if they have a vegetarian patty, they store them next to the frozen fucking beef modified patties, and people are getting pissed because they're, uh, cooking them on the same fucking grill as, um, Basically, you think Burger King is going to cook your fucking, is going to cook your motherfucking burger 
Vegetarians, vegans, if you ate the Impossible Whopper, there's a 99.9999999999% chance you ate fucking meat and blood, bro. You ate meat and blood, dog. What you gonna do now? Hey, have you guys ever seen that video of that fucking sissy on uh, on YouTube? He's like, my mom got me a vegan pizza, vegan toppings, and like he opens the box and it's just fucking the bread, the crust, and tomato sauce, and like two basil leaves, and the motherfucker's so excited, and he's like, oh, I'm about to tear this up, and he takes a bite, and he's like, mm, this is good vegan pizza, you know, because it's plant-based crust, and just the tomato sauce, and two basil leaves, and he sees this little crumbly fucking white thing up in that motherfucker, right, and he's like, what is that, what is that? What is that? What is what is that? No. Is that mozzarella cheese in my pizza sauce? No. And then the motherfucker calls. The motherfucker calls, right? He calls the pizza place and asks what's in the fucking deal. You know what I'm saying? Let's find it. And the rich girl wants to flirt. The rich boys went off to college and all of us poor boys came to work. Yeah. This is uh, Cody Johnson's version of long hair. Country boy. I ain't asking nobody for nothing. I can't get it all, no. Found it. Found the video. You see this alright? That pizza looks like shit, bro. Free clean pizza at the moment. You fucking man bun barista piece of shit. Do you even lift, bro? So I'm telling you. The best vegan dish I ever had was Percocet. Fucking amazing. Add some greens on there to give it some juiciness. Some more some more fluff. Okay, this guy just put fucking this guy just put fucking dry salad on top of his pizza. I'm not hating. This looks this looks fucking disgusting. I think it's a little bit more insta worthy. It's a little bit more. Think about it here. Have a slice. Have two. Take two. I don't want a slice of that fucking shit. It looks nasty, bro. Huh. These two are already stuck together. Hmm. That pizza looks like shit. So I want to tell a story today. I want to tell a story while I eat. I'm going to tell a story. This is, uh, this is a story you should all tell. If you're a vegan, you should tell this story because it helps. I'm telling you guys, the best vegan dish path. ever is Percocet. I'm telling you. I had seven of them this week. They become abolitionists. Abolitionists 
for the animal holocaust. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. I didn't have seven Percocets. I had seven vegan meals this week. Oh, I'm just going to take a bite of my salad pizza. Nope, I wasn't born vegan. My parents weren't vegan. Wasn't see, influenced from anywhere within... See, this guy wasn't born addicted to Percocet. He just decided to get addicted to Percocet to later on in life. I'm going to get so much fucking hate from them. I don't give a fuck. What's Austin Aries going to do? Challenge me to a match? Fuck him, bro. I won't even get called right. He'll no sell me. And I like that guy on fucking. uh, Some non vegans watching. Here's how I went from being a non vegan to being vegan. I'm going to skip through this because. First of all, my first impression of vegans was they were nut jobs. Oh, sorry. Just addicted to Percocet, not nut job. You're not a nut job, bro. You're just addicted to Percocet. So, you're addicted to Percocet and colonoscopies. That's what you're so addicted to. I'm kind of on to. the right path here. Percocet and colonoscopies. Memory secretions anyways. Um, <clears throat> so this is just the dough. This is Syrian bread that they make out of the dough. And the dough is vegan. Bread. Flour, water, salt. Flour, water, salt. I'm fucked, man. Uh, I don't even want to eat, man. So I'll just finish telling this vegan story. Fuck this mukbang. This, muk- this is the biggest mukbang fa- fail you've probably ever seen on YouTube. What is a mukbang? Fuck that shit. It's like someone doing a McDonald's mukbang and they, like, find some fucking weird body part in there. Some, like, thumb with, like, half a... Th- Did I fucking miss it already? Oh, I fucking... Oh, I fast-forwarded it too far, guys. Alright, here it is. He's, he's all right. He's chewing. He does cite a book, though, and the book he cites, I would not recommend to my worst enemy. Yeah, don't it's buy a, Austin Aries' how book. How to eat to live? Not by not eat to live by Joel Furman. How to eat to live by Elijah Muhammad from the Nation of Islam. Who's a crackpot? Total cult, total crazy person. Did he say crackhead? Crackpot. You're the one in a man bun eating fucking meat sauce pizza with a vegan shirt on, puto. Hmm. I must note here. I don't know how season one. I mean, how how the fucking season premiere of season two ended up with me talking about uh, plant based Percocet and vegan lifestyle. Trust me, this shit's hilarious. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I didn't do what you're supposed to do when you read, which is absorb stuff and throw stuff away. I just absorbed it all. This guy ate like half his fucking pizza. This is hilarious. Among a lot of other crazy shit. Like you can live to be a thousand years old and shit. He also says you shouldn't eat meat. Except for fish. (laughs) You shouldn't eat meat. Yeah. Yeah Yeah, guys, you shouldn't eat meat out there. You shouldn't go kill animals for for meat and have a freezer Um, full of meat for your family for the next fucking year. Yeah, instead you need to eat a bunch of fucking sprouts that look like pubes. There's a lot of and crazy shit. Fucking that he says. Coconut meat. Uh oh, he found it. He found it. What is that? What is that? Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. 
Uh-oh. It's like, what is that? Feels like spring. Okay, now he's putting it on the plate. Now he's calling the pizza place. Hi, I was just going to ask you guys a question. Um, do you guys have any uh, animal products in your sauce? Um, eggs, milk, cheese, animal products? The look on this puto's face um, is priceless. Do you have any cheese or eggs or any animal products in your sauce? <laughs> yeah, the tomato sauce. Yeah, the t tomato sauce. Ooh, he threw his fucking phone. Flipped the pizza. Ah, cocksucker. Cocksucker. Ah, that's what you get. Sorry, guys. I'm vegan, by the way. No, I'm kidding. Welcome back. This is Spur of the Moment. This is classic Uncle Manson. Come on, we're in this together. You guys know what's going on. If you don't know what's going on and you're brand new to the damn podcast, Welcome to the Mind of Manson podcast where we kick ass every single Monday. People, get out from under your damn rock. Get out from under the rock skin. You can find us every Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Pocket Cast. We up in this bitch. Anchor makes it all happen. You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. I said anchor makes it happen, boy. You guys know what time it is. Yeah, man. Feels good to be back on the podcast. Hell yeah. I'm just looking out the window on this cloudy day here in Colorado with this fat fucking squirrel eating my dog's food. Fucking son of a bitch. Lucky I'm recording the podcast. Or else I'd get my BB gun and put one right between your ass cheeks. You son of a bitch. Wish I had something to throw at the window, but I don't. I don't have anything to throw at the window, and it's a good thing because it would break. Because I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice a window in order to scare a fucking squirrel. Because that's the kind of man I am, ladies. Tell your friends about me. Trick. Now I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. doing good? You guys doing alright? You guys doing cool? You guys doing freaking amazing? I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that because we gotta get into some business. We gotta get into some mother trucking business. Do you understand the words that are coming out of this mouth? If you don't understand the words that are coming out, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. Remember that song? I know what it means now. shall be what it shall be it's gonna happen father mucker remember that remember my words it's gonna happen so as you guys know or some of you don't know 
I go by the name, well, my real name is Pedro de Pacas. That's my real name. That's my government name. That's the name I was birthed on this earth with is Pedro. You guys see me in town in public. Call me Pedro. It's cool. It's fine. I do not mind. After all, that is my real name. But I go by the name of Emiliano Manson. I am a recording artist from Colorado with about 21, 22 years experience. Uh, turned down a record deal back in May. Got depressed. Quit music. Anyway, I'm back to making music. Here at the beginning of December. Here, well, As you listen to the podcast, this, it already happened pretty much. Pretty much. It already happened. Alright. I'm going in and I'm finishing. Uh, I'm going in. And I'm finishing my third project, which is my new EP, which I'm hoping to get out to you guys in the middle of January or sometime in January. Um, it's a whole different sound, man. It, if you guys know me, my first album, the D-I-E-L-P, was on some crazy hardcore hip-hop underground type of shit. Second album, kind of... Uh, a little more grown, kind of weird, kind of conspiracy, truth movement type of shit, experimenting with some sounds, you know, crazier hip-hop sound. This EP, man, it's, boy, boy, is it different. This EP is a lot different. And I hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to have, let's see, how many... How many songs is gonna be on the CD? We got. It's quiet because I'm counting, fucker. Shut up and count with me. Hold on. I'm trying to let you guys know how many songs is gonna be on the new project. Give me a fucking second. Sorry, guys. I didn't. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about the people listening to this podcast. <laughs> No, let's see, we're gonna have. Damn, hold on. There's gonna be a project with about maybe uh, seven songs in a skit. Eight songs in a skit. I don't know. It's, it's, gonna, it's gonna be pretty dope. It's gonna be pretty dope. I'm letting you guys know now. It's gonna be a lot of country music on this fucking project. I'm telling you guys now. I, I, I'm telling you guys now. The song, the project's gonna have about eight songs and about. About two or three of them gonna be hip hop. One's a pop song. Rest, I'm not I'm not fucking ribbing you guys. This is not a rib. This project gonna have a lot of country music on it. Yeah, a lot of country music. I'm turning into a grown-ass fucking man and I'm more than a fucking hip-hop artist. I'm a fucking Yeah, this shit's gonna have some country fucking music on it. 
Shut the fuck up now, man. When I say country music, bitch, I say country music. This album, this next, not an album, it's an EP. It's gonna have some country music on it. It's gonna have a pop song on it, and it's gonna have a couple hip hop songs on it. And pretty much, it's because that's the way I wanna go. That's the direction I wanna go. I make the music I wanna make for the people that wanna hear it. Shout out to you guys. If you don't want to hear it, move the fuck on. I am more than just a hip-hop artist. I am one of the best. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I am being a cocky little shit right now. But don't you dare. Don't you dare get me wrong, motherfucker. Father mucker, I mean. This is me growing as an artist. And basically, I'm not going to sugarcoat something. These fucking, these fucking songs that you hear on this next project. When I say there's gonna be some country music on them, that's because they're gonna go up for sale. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm trying to get. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm trying to sell the song to Luke Bryan so I could pay for this PowerPoint. I'm gonna be explaining. I, I got a PowerPoint that I gotta do, and it's gonna be fucking amazing. It's gonna be the best PowerPoint ever. I'll get more into detail, but I'm gonna need some money to back it up. And I'm trying to sell a country music song to Luke Bryan or Blake Shelton. Or Jason Aldean, or, or one of those fucking Nashville guys, you know what I'm saying? So that's basically why I, when I say I'm have some country music coming, I'm gonna have some country music coming. You got it? You understand now? I am not kidding, guys. I, I, I need to help, I need money to, I need to raise money. I'm about to start a GoFundMe so I can get this PowerPoint going. This PowerPoint is gonna be so fucking amazing. And I need to sell a country song to Luke Bryan in order to make it happen because because there ain't nothing like dirty white money, huh? What? Not dirty white, uh, Nashville money. There ain't nothing like Nashville money. There ain't nothing like country radio money. No, I'm kidding, guys. I'm not kidding about the fucking country shit. This next project this is gonna have some country music on it, so just be prepared, fuckers. Should I uh? Should I let you guys know right now? Might as well. Ladies and gentlemen. My new EP. Coming the middle of January. Small Town Burnout. By me. Emiliano Manson. I have two more songs to record. And me and Jesse just got to mix and master it. And... And up to the fucking distributors it goes. And hello Spotify and Apple Music and all that other good shit where you get the music. So pay attention you fucks. The album Red Rum is out right now streaming on Spotify. Apple Music. Google. iHeartRadio. Go get that shit on Amazon. All my people overseas. I need you to stream that shit for me like you guys been doing. All my people in Russia. I need you to get those numbers up the way we've been doing. My numbers are getting pretty good in fucking Russia. Yeah, I know. Like I said, if anybody got the plug in Russia on a fucking hip-hop festival, hit your boy up. I'm trying to see what a Russian mosh pit looks like. No longer fucking around with this music shit.
No long, no more. It's time to go. It's time to get serious. So, like I said, go stream the album I got out right now. Emiliano Manson, Red Rum. You won't be disappointed. In January, Small Town Burnout drops. So, back to our regularly scheduled program. Anyway, y'all. I was trying to figure out what we're going to talk about on this season premiere. And I wasn't going to watch a movie, really. I wasn't going to watch it. I figured I'd just dig more into it either. Yes, I was going to watch it. But I figured I'd just play clips through. Because my thing was, if you hear popping, that's me popping my knuckles. Because I, I need to. I just feel like I need to. Anyway, Ski, um, I was like, this is either a really badass idea and a really great story, or there's something behind it, and apparently there's something behind it, so that's what we're going to get into, y'all. That's what we're getting into right now. What dog? The black dog. You mean like the Led Zeppelin song? No, Cruz knows what I'm talking about, don't you? I've heard truckers talk about it on the yard. They say it comes when you've been on the road too long and pushing too hard. When you get greedy. They say it comes to take everything away from you. And it did. I was, um, hauling a load up from Atlanta on my sixth straight Georgia run. It was my daughter's birthday and I thought I could make it home in time. On this long, dark stretch of I-75, with nothing to look up at the white line. When I saw it, it was in the middle of the road, coming straight at me with his teeth bared, eyes staring. I swear to We're gonna be talking about the black dog, ladies and gentlemen. The the. Uh origins of the black dog and a couple different scary uh, trucker stories ladies and gentlemen <clears throat> so I first heard of the black dog from the Patrick Swayze movie um, let's see what, what, what year was it let's see what year was that movie What year was the Black Dog movie? Nineteen ninety-eight, bro. Damn, nineteen ninety-eight. So basically, when I heard of the movie. Patrick Swayze, Randy Travis, and Meatloaf. It's a great movie. Um, Patrick Swayze plays a truck driver named Jack Cruz, who uh, is fresh out of prison for vehicular man fucking slaughter. And um, he gets a job as a truck driver to take a load from Atlanta to New Jersey, I believe. 
And when he shows up, he finds out Randy Travis has to ride with him. And then he finds out they're going to have a car follow the load. And basically they're running drugs. I mean, they're running guns for a drug lord and blah, blah, blah. The whole story behind the movie is that there's a legend that when you're on the road too long, you see a black dog with red eyes running at you and you swerve and miss. And when you swerve and miss is when you wreck and die or kill somebody else. And in Jack Cruz's place, that's what happened to him. So, a black dog is a motive of a uh, spectral or demonic entity found preliminary, preliminary mostly found in folklore in British Isles. The black dog essentially is essentially nocturnal apparition, in some cases a shapeshifter, and is often said associated with the devil, <coughs> queer, sorry, described as a ghost hellhound. Its appearance was regarded as potent of death. It's generally supposed to be larger than a normal dog. Oh, kind of like a chupacabra. Often has large glowing eyes. Is sometimes associated with electrical storms. Such as Black Shook's appearance. And also with the crossroads, places of execution and ancient pathways. The origins of the black dog are difficult to discern. It is uncertain whether the creature originated from the Celtic or German elements of the British culture. Throughout European mythology, dogs have been associated with death. Examples are of this. It has some words that I can't pronounce, but it's Welsh, Norse, and Greek, all of whom's guardians of the underworld. The association seems to be scavenging habits of black dogs. It's possible that a black dog is survival with these beliefs. Black dogs are generally regarded as sinister, malevolent, such and few. Damn. Fucking black dog, man. Can you imagine that? Seeing a fucking black dog? Fuck that shit. Fucking fuck that. Shoot it. Fucking shoot that motherfucker. Fucking shoot that motherfucker, bro. Shoot that fucking dog between the fucking... Kidding. I'm kidding. I I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not gonna shoot the dog between the fucking eye, okay? I'm kidding. Fucking take a joke, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, back in the 1920s, folks in the South didn't have big department stores or malls where they could buy things they needed. At best, they had general. They had a general store nearby. Shit, there's still general stores all around the fucking San Luis Valley. Maybe a town with some larger stores, and of course, there were always mail order catalogs. 
Another source of goods was the rolling store. It was usually good-sized truck load, truck loaded down with everything you could imagine. They'd come rolling into town and set up where folks could come, left and right, look, buy, look, buy. It was unusual for them to pull right up in somebody's driveway and open up shop, damn it. Well, shit. In Kentucky, there were lots of coal mining companies in town. If a rolling store passes through there, the company got their cut. You bet your ass they got their cut. They couldn't compete with the company's store and any up something. Hell no. Earl, he had a ro- uh, he had a rolling store that would drive through the deep rural hills of eastern Kentucky. He didn't make great money, and he missed his family now and again. But on the open road, he was generally happy and free. One day it was getting towards dark. Earl was out looking for a place to pull up and spend the night. You see, some rolling stores had a little compartment in the back. You know, in the back of the truck that the driver would sleep in. Kind of like a 1920s version of an RV. It was then that he saw something standing on the road ahead of him. He wasn't sure what it was at first. It turned and looked at him. And its eyes were glowing in the headlights. It was a black dog. Looked more of a wolf than a dog. Blacker than any dog Earl had ever seen. Earl used to stop, but the dog showed up. <clears throat> Earl wanted to stop, boy, but that dog didn't want to move. Pop the sparkling water real quick. Hear that? Pop top again. Hey! Earl hollered out the window. Want to get run over? Mother father mucker? The dog just looked at him like, run me over, bitch. Earl blew his horn. Beep, beep. Get out of the fucking road. Beep, beep. Get out of the fucking road. Get out of the road, you son of a bitch. I'll wait. Me. Earl stepped out of a truck. The dog suddenly got up and ambled down the road. Now where are you going, Earl called after him. Earl got back in the truck and started it up. He couldn't pass the dog because the dog was walking down the middle of the road. Calling it a road would be a benevolent, for it was more like a trail. With roots, a big ditch on the other side. Earl didn't want to run over the drain the, the strange dog. Up ahead. He saw a nice flat piece by the road, by the crossroads. There was plenty of room for the truck. A good stem was running up, right up the road. Right up the fucking road. A good stream was running right up the road. The dog went over and lay in the grass. Earl pulled over, got out, stretched a bit. Got some wood for fire. Cooked up a little supper even offered to share it with the dog but the dog kept his distance just as the moon came up the dog stirred he acted like he wanted Earl to come to him for some reason Earl felt complied to go he followed the dog down the moonlit road not too far away sharp right hand curve there was just the dog suddenly turn 
Earl leaped onto the hillside. Just like that, the dog disappeared. Dumbfounded, Earl just stood there staring at the hillside for the longest time like, what the fuck? Finally, he went back to the camp, but he did not sleep well that night. The next morning, Earl went on his way, pulling into the next coal mining company town. This whole area of eastern Kentucky was company town country. The mining company would come in the town, build houses for the workers. Even the company town just looked like another. They all looked the damn same. Rows of cookie cutter, clapboard houses with only disgusting features of being colored. Hell, some folks used store-bought paint and paint their houses bright colors while others would whitewash the others with a little mix of color and whitewash. That's all it would be. Ain't that bad, really. Ain't nothing wrong with a little store-bought paint and some whitewash. Father mucker. were still some houses unpainted. Smell salesmen never knew how good they do in company towns. A lot depended on the company and how much cut they took. Earl did fairly well with his company took. His cut was very, very fat. It was getting dark, dusky, as Earl headed out of town backwards towards the crossroads. Then, lo, behold, in the road, he spotted the mystery dog again, just standing in the road. It would walk a little ways, turn and look at Earl, wanting him to follow. When the dog got to the exact same sharp curve in the road Earl had visited before, he turned, looked at Earl, leaped onto the hillside, vanishing without a trace. By this point, Earl was thoroughly shaken. But he drove on the crossroads to spend the night. He determined that he'd be to the next town. Clear out of these parts. Life on the road could be strange enough without disappearing dogs. The following morning, as he pulled up to the next company town, he knew something was wrong. It seemed everybody in town was all dressed up. It wasn't even Sunday. They were gathered around yards, porches, and several houses. At the first house, Earl found out there had been a cave-in at one of the coal mines. Shaft number three had caved in, killing all the miners except for one inside, who was still missing. The townspeople figured that the lone miner was most likely buried under tons of coal and rock. Earl figured he wouldn't be selling anything during the funeral. What a fucking dick. So he headed out of town. Almost relieved to be getting away. Slowly he drove by house after house after house after house after house. Sad face. Black frocked woman sat on the porches. 
clutching pictures of loved ones. Other women, relative and friends, tried to comfort them. The yards were full of men, not saying much, just standing around, uneasily knowing what to do. As Earl was about to turn out of town, he saw something that made his hair on the back of his neck stand straight up on one of the porches stood a woman holding a picture of a big burly coal miner hard hat earbids lamp on his head covered in coal dust only his eye toothy grin shone out of the darkness and the blackness striking through the miner was another image that had caused Earl to stop. A large, cold, black dog, more like a wolf dog, the dog from the road, or at least its twin. Earl started to get out of the truck, but the somber, unfriendly looks from the men in the yard made him figure it was time to go. As he drove out of town, he tried to think about where he would go next. But he could not shake the picture from his mind. Before he knew it, he came upon that damn dog again. The animal looked straight at Earl, turned, jumped into the hillside, and vanished again without a trace. It was then that Earl changed his mind. With a big cloud of dust, he turned around and headed back down the road toward the last town. As fast as he dared... He would go back and tell the townspeople what he seen. Earl pulled up in front of the house where he had been seen with the woman with the picture. All of the women were still on the front porch and the men in their Sunday best filled the front yard. From porch he could hear women humming the old hymn, Precious Memories. Keeping time by rocking their chairs fluttering their funeral home fans. The men were several clusters, mostly smoking their cigarettes or pipes. They shifted uneasily as they as they stood around, acting like a bunch of snob little bitches. Earl jumped out of his truck, started to walk up to the house. A crippled, grim-faced man stepped in front of him. You best be getting down the road, peddler man. This ain't got nothing to do with you. Ain't nobody buying today. Ignoring them. Earl leaned in. He leaned in. Called out to the woman with the photograph he spotted earlier. Ma'am, I've got to talk to you. It's about the dog in that picture. What about the dog? Growled the larger of the men. I've seen the dog. The woman on the porch stood up. You've seen Shook? If that's the dog's name, yes, ma'am. The yard suddenly fell silent. 
All of the men within earshot turned and looked. The men blocking his way took a couple steps back. The large man glared at Earl and said, Peddler man, if this ain't some kind of joke, the woman shushed the large man, turned back at Earl. What do you mean you saw the dog, she asked. He's lost in the mine with my husband. Jack. Shook went down in the mine every day. Just like a regular miner. Jack said he worked harder than some down there. He always said Shook was good luck. Now speak your peace. Earl told him the entire story of the black dog he had seen in the road. The women clutched the pitcher even closer. She couldn't hold back the tears. Mister, said one of the men, I don't know what you saw or why you're here, but I think it's time you best be getting along. You ain't helping. It was then that it was then that at an ancient wrinkled man whose every pore seemed to be filled with cold dust, stepped out of the crowd and said, Y'all hear what this feller just told you? Do you realize what he's talking about? Wait a minute, another man said. That's right. That's right there at Devil Mouth. Yeah, that's Devil's Mouth. What do you mean? What's Devil's Mouth, asked Earl. The old man spoke. Their company called it Shaft Number One. It was the richest coal vein, the biggest, deepest, blackest shaft ever be seen. Dug before any type of power drills or any other machinery. Dug by hand. Why, when you started down the shaft, seemed like it went on forever. Seemed like it wouldn't be to the bottom of the other side. So all folks around here took to calling it the devil's mouth. When the vein played, they dynamited her shut and built the road along there. I wonder if it's still connecting to number three, someone asked. Suddenly, men from surrounding houses began to fill the yard hearing what was going on. The old man stepped up from the porch and addressed the crowd. The burying's gonna have to wait. We've got work to do. Shook showed us the way. And Jack may still be in there. Alive or dead? We've gotta get him out. The crowd evaporated. Only to reappear moments after. And work clothes. Carrying picks. Shovels. Drills. Hard hats. Clamps, lights, everybody piled off into their work truck and off they went. When they reached the devil's mouth, everybody got out and started digging. They moved tons of earth of what seemed like minutes on to the night they dug. Anxious women. Anxious the women are. As everybody dugs. 
Youngins peeked out from behind their skirt tails. Miners worked in the shafts, digging, snarling up the shaft, making up the hillsides, reopening Devil's Mouth. Finally, there came a shout. We broke through! The crowd surged forward, looking through, listening for any sign that they had in the last miner. He's alive! The words flew like lightning through the crowd. He's alive! Oh, thank heaven, he's alive! They found Shook, too. Just a little bit away. He was dead. Crushed by fallen timber. When Jack was carried out, he was so exhausted and hungry. But from a broken leg, he was okay. Jack then told the story. When the trembling started, me and Shook lit out. Ran as fast as we could, hoping the shafts were still connected. And I was hoping. I remembered how to get there. When the back fare fell in, shit got caught. And my leg broke. I crawled over to him, but he was gone. I've been sitting here for three days wondering if I'd ever see the light of day again. Been off the dark since my uh, since my light ran out. But you know, said Jack, the strangest thing that sometimes I felt like Shook was right here by my side, nuzzling up to me like always, keeping me company. He was a good dog. I'll miss him. Jack didn't know how a good dog really was. Somehow even in death. Shook had come to his master's rescue. This one's called The Hanging Man. <clears throat> I was driving home one night. Because I had not seen my family in about two weeks. Filled with excitement, I decided to take a shortcut through a desolated area that I did not know too well. I had heard stories through the scanner about mostly ghostly tales. I do, as a matter of fact, believe in ghosts. But my eagerness to surprise my wife and kids got the best of me. It was about 3.40 a.m. Eh, give or take 3 or 40 or so in the morning. And I had been so popular on the road. I've, I mean, I've been on that particular road for about an hour already. And nothing out of the ordinary had happened. Suddenly I get to an area... Packed with old creepy trees. On the side, tons of shrubbery. As usual, my radio was on. And out of nowhere, horrible static starts to crackle through the speakers. I started to feel chilly and uncomfortable. When, wouldn't you know it, 
I saw a man hanging from the tree on the side of the road. There he was. His body was even swinging from side to side. I stepped on the brake as fast as and carefully as I could. I kept looking through my rearview mirror as he was still there. I grabbed my coat, my gun, my flashlight. Had my phone in my pocket and I started to dial 911 but there was no signal. I made my way through the shrubs. When I reached the tree, he was gone. I moved the flashlight around thinking maybe he had got free. I went back to my truck. Looked back and there he was. Hanging like I seen him before. I drove off. Never told anybody. During the summer of 2005-2006, around 2 o'clock in the morning, driving back home from Illinois, about northeast of town, there's a rural area with cornfields and woods. My dad was driving when I was younger in the passenger seat. My dad suddenly taps my shoulder and points out the window and tells me, Look, about 300 yards out or so, there's a large object flying a few hundred yards away from the ground, smoothly consistency passing us. It looked like it either had one or two levels, rows of lights that went along on the sides, and bright large rectangle windows with rounded corners, spewing out light. It made no sound, it just flew straight, did not rotate, was not blinking or flashing, or any kind of lights indicating like it was a small plane or aircraft. But it kept flying, disappearing into the distance. I turned to my dad and we both looked at each other. <clears throat> so interesting. Don't tell your mother. This one's called the shapeshifter. For many years ago, I was on a shift called Me and Turn. This is where the driver that domiciled out of the city would drive a load halfway through the destination while another driver meets him halfway and brings that load where it needs to be delivered. I had been on long runs, several of those long runs, for several months, and I found out that I had to meet my point an hour before the other driver arrived. It was dark and an empty lot around 3 a.m. So there was still some time to kill. I decided to close my eyes, take a short nap. About 10 minutes into my nap, I was awakened by a barking dog. I tried to ignore it, but the bark carried on for several minutes and it grew louder and louder and closer and closer. At this point, it became clear that he's trying to alert me of something or he's just paying a pain in the butt. So I sat up, looked out my window. <laughs> what I saw left me motionless. Standing there, inches from the side of the glass, was a man, about 35 years of age. He was a large fellow, and he was barking at me. 
His eyes were crazy. And he was fronting a little bit with his mouth. The sure creepiness struck me without making any sudden movements. I reached down and started my truck. Slowly started pulling away. As I was doing so, he was chasing after me. back now ladies and gentlemen are we done tripping balls on the black dog story long story short if you see a black dog in the middle of the road while you're driving just hit the motherfucker okay fuck it just hit that motherfucker run it over send it back to hell where it fucking belongs plain and simple Black dog, I'm fucking telling you, fucking, fuck it, fuck it, bro, fucking, fuck it, run his bitch ass over, crazy shit, man, that even, that even tripped me, yeah, man, that would trip me out. Especially the guy hanging. Fuck that, bro. Yeah, I took... I took a handful of dabs before I started recording this podcast. You know what I mean? did I know, buddy? Little did I know I was going to trip out on the black dog today. Neither did you. Welcome back. My The Manson Podcast. Season 2. We going strong. This podcast ain't going to stop. It's only going to be getting bigger and bigger, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I hope you do realize what the fuck is going on with this podcast. Sometimes many miles may I think sometimes we gotta just sit back and realize how far we've came instead of how far we need to go. Because uh, one thing I've learned about myself is I've come a long way. I'm a person I never ever thought I would be. If you should leave, I don't know what I'd 
proud of myself for it. So I encourage everybody out there listening to slow down, take a minute, think about how far you've come as a person and how much you've accomplished, how much you're going to accomplish. Because it only goes up from here, everybody. Everybody's important, everybody has a purpose, and everybody means something to somebody. Whispering, you'll never be there for me. Waiting I guess I'm still getting used to that. But I can finally say I'm happy and healthy. Thank you guys for listening. Season 2, baby. We back up in this bitch. Next week I will have my very first guest St. Chris is going to come through St. Christopher is going to come through And we're going to talk about the rise and fall of Chicano hip hop Chicano rap So make sure you guys tune in next Monday We love you